Good evening, everybody. We see Trad. Uh, Chad is already in the comments saying Super Bowl weekend. We are kicking with the crew. We are back. Uh, we took a week off, uh, a little bit busy with some things going on. But we're back here with Super Bowl weekend. We're going to go over some things like uh, Super Bowl predictions, preview the Super Bowl a little bit. Uh, we'll head into some coach updates, which pretty much everybody already knows, but we're going to put our spin on it because we always like to do that. And then we have a, a preview of things that are upcoming, and we'll let you guys know when we get to that one. How's everybody doing tonight? What's up, everybody? Happy to have y'all back. Happy to be back. Ready to go through uh, some more updates with y'all. Hope everyone doing good. Hope everyone enjoyed the week off and uh, look forward to talking Colts ball. You know damn well they didn't enjoy the week off. They missed us. <laughs> you know it. You know they missed us. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, I got a new mic now, so if anybody can't hear me, just let me know uh, if I'm too loud, whatever. We're trying to adjust things uh, because I listened to us on Spotify pretty much all week, and I noticed that my audio was terrible, and you could hear me breathing over everybody, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I need to do something else about this. So to improve, I went and bought a mic. If you guys need a mic, hey, man, Amazon, $32. You get this whole setup. You got the whole desk stand, uh, this little cover thingy, and the mic itself. So if anybody else wants to get mics, man, they're, they're pretty cheap on Amazon. I went to Best Buy at first, and they were trying to sell this stand for like $64. I was like, y'all are crazy. Don't be afraid to uh, let us know if y'all can't hear hear us clearly. Um, anything that needs to be better, you know, just let us know. We appreciate that. Hey, Zach, you already got a shout out in the comments from Chad saying that he loves your debates on For the Shoe. So <laughs> I'm usually pretty chill, but this year has brought an anchor that from week one to for 17 weeks, I've been nothing but pissed at my beloved Colts. <laughs> Facts. And the fans. And the fans. It's been a little hectic yeah. out there, man. Yeah. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. All right, let's go ahead and get into the get into things before we go ahead and jump into uh Colts and all Colts for the rest of the way. We're gonna go ahead and I don't know what's going on, but the videos are being crazy tonight. Hold on, I'm gonna try that again. All right, we got the Super Bowl tomorrow, everybody. How's everybody feeling about the Super Bowl tomorrow? I'm feeling pretty good. Excited. I mean, well, I guess I can't let this out. feel really good because we're not in it, but I'm pretty happy, excited for it. You know, it's football, so. It's a, it's a national holiday. Everybody knows that. National holiday. I get Monday off, so. Lucky. Yeah, we got yeah, Kansas City. Work. Yeah, so we, we had to bust our ass last week to even earn Monday off, so. They asked us for like 138 testers, and we sent like 170 something. So we got it off, but <clears throat> hell yeah! Yeah, what? I, uh, I don't really work with any football fans. They're they're like the people that might you might ask them like who the Eagles are, and they might say the Ratbirds or something like that. And so I don't really uh, I, there's like no football fans around around me at least. I Larry Dalton jumped into the uh, comments and said Eagles by 10. What was that, Zach? I work with a bunch of Bengals fans, a lot of Titans fans, and um, a few 
Colts fans, but for the most part, because I'm in Southern Indiana, it's Bengals country. I work with uh, I work with two Chargers fans, a Bama fan, and then everybody else doesn't really have a team. So, um, think I think just just but Demarco reminded me of something when he said that he works with a bunch of people who don't know football, or, you know, and it made me laugh because I was watching a TikTok the other day for the Devils, you know, being a Devils fan. And they asked the Devils players who was going to win the Super Bowl. And over half those dudes had no idea who was even in the Super Bowl. And it was just funny to me. They were like, I don't, I don't know who's playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, what? The? And then it looks like we got another new commenter. Don't get uh, – I'm not even going to try and say that last part of that. But what's up, man? He says, uh, fuck those Titans. We got to say agree. we agree. We agree 100%. Larry, we're going to get into the uh, the coaches after we go through the Super Bowl. So let's go ahead and get through this quick, and we can go ahead and get to the get to Colts football because that's what everybody wants to get. Zach, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl tomorrow? Who you got and why? Um, go Birds. Second time I've ever said it in my life. Go Birds. I just don't like Mahomes. Um, I think that Philadelphia's defensive line is going to win this game. That's that's, you know, where it starts and where it ends. If Kansas City can hold up to the eight-man rotation that Philadelphia has, then they deserve to win. But I think it starts and ends up front in the trenches. I mean, that's to me, that's where the game's won. Nothing else matters. All right, all right. Okay. What about you, DeMarco? Uh, before I go real quick, I just want to say, hey, Chad, I appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you using the YouTube platform. We don't have too many people using it. So if you, while you're on there, if you can like and subscribe, we would appreciate it. Try and help us get us more views there. But I really do appreciate that, man. Um, but with that being said, uh, you guys know who I'm rolling with. I- I'm rolling with Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that for me. Um I got to ride with my guy, uh, and I also don't believe that this game is um, as lopsided as people may think it could be. Um, so uh, as far as some of the statistics goes, the the weakness for this Eagles defense is going to be their running defense, and the weakness for the Chiefs is going to be their rushing offense. So we can kind of see that this matchup kind of leans towards the Eagles, but there is one key thing um, – or two key things I will say that, I mean, I think Mahomes is, he isn't in a situation that he has for the buck when he played against the bucks in the Super Bowl. So he will have a chance to be more mobile, better offensive line. Um, and then secondly, a lot of people haven't noticed it, but Jalen hurts hasn't been playing like himself the last couple of weeks since coming back from the shoulder injury. And he's actually gone. I want to say it's been about uh, like two for 16 or something like that on his deep shots. And mm-hmm. that's been kind of like the bread and butter with the running game and the deep shots for this Eagles team. And if Jalen Hurts isn't connecting like they need to, it's going to be one of those games. But that's why. So I got the Chiefs. All right. So what's last week, I, yeah, what score you got? Mm, that's a good question because I, I honestly haven't thought of a single score. Um, my score, I probably go. 28-26, Chiefs. Damn. No, I got 24-17, Philadelphia. All right. All right. So last week uh, we had the discussion of quarterback, better quarterbacks beating better teams. Uh, 
this weekend I don't have that happening. This week, last weekend I had it happening. This weekend I do not. I do not have the Kansas City Chiefs beating Philadelphia Eagles. My reasoning is because Philadelphia beats them in every position except for tight end and quarterback. Uh, they beat them in secondary. They beat them in defensive front, offensive front, running backs, wide receivers. I just feel like Philadelphia can swarm. They can overwhelm the Chiefs pretty quickly. So, but I don't have it as a blowout. I have it as a uh, 34 to 26 final score of Philly taking it. Can't be mad at that. I'm rolling with my guy Mahomes. I'm rolling with my guy Mahomes. And it looks like we uh, do have uh, some some different theories from everybody else in here as well. Looks like uh, Larry is also riding with Philly 27 to 17. Uh, Ashley is riding with the Kansas City Chiefs 27 24. Uh, I got a photo. So, no, I think uh, it's pretty much just goes as uh, on here as it had been for. Pretty much everywhere else around the world, 70% of the money is on the Eagles. So, not surprising to me. Facts. Facts. All right. So, that was pretty easy. I thought there would be more debates. I'm pretty sure if Damon was here, there'd be a whole lot more debates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not I'm not arguing with anybody for picking the Eagles. I, I think that would kind of be kind of nonsense just because I, I could easily see this game ending up the way right. that um, with the uh, Denver Broncos – versus Seattle Super Bowl paid Manning. Yeah. This could easily end up being a track meet like that one was for, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So you don't see me arguing here. I just think Patrick Mahomes is better than what paid Manning was at that time. And I just think they got a they got a good chance. And uh like I said with the Jalen Hurst shoulder um injury not connecting on that deep ball as well. So I, I think this is gonna really come down to the Eagles balance. Jalen Hurst has got to look good passing for the Chiefs to kind of give themselves a good chance, and Mahomes has got to be magic. He's got to be magic. I think this is one of the better Super Bowl matchups <laughs> we've actually had, and it could literally go either way. Yeah. Like, if Kansas City comes out hot and stays hot, wouldn't surprise me. And if Philadelphia rolls tomorrow, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, this is truly, in my opinion, one of the few Super Bowls that have been, like, the best two teams in the NFL. As much as it kills me, just say that because how how big of a Joe Burrow guy I am. Like these are the two top teams in the league, and I know Chad's mad because we haven't been getting heated. But like, offseason hasn't started yet, my guy. <laughs> we, we still got we still got some we still got some time, Chad. We'll see if we get some disagreements in here for you. <laughs> you know what? I, there's there's a few ways that you can get Zach heated or you can get Demarco heated. You can push buttons if you want to. Bring up either you know Will Levis or Jeff Saturday, and one of these guys is gonna get mad. So hey, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's as pretty as simple as that. And bringing up Jeff Saturday, we're gonna go ahead and move on to Colts football because that's what everybody's here for. So we're gonna go ahead and move on to the coach. <laughs> So right here was first reported a few days ago. Uh, Jeremy Fowler reported that the Colts had begun narrowing down the field. Uh, we had finally cut down some people off of the goddamn long ass list of coaches Our that list we were of interviewing. Candidates that we originally yeah. started with. Yeah, so we finally cut that down. Uh, we cut out Kafka, um, Callahan, and Martingale. I was actually surprised about cutting down Callahan. What do you guys think? Um. 
just to add real quick to what uh Matt said there, um uh so uh what was his name? Um from Dallas, the defensive coordinator, he backed out Dan Quinn. He chose to stay with Dallas. <clears throat> and then um, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator also Johnson. chose to – yeah, Ben Johnson chose to stay with Detroit. Um, and then we had a few other hires and some other stuff like that that got us down to the list of uh, five that we currently are at now. So, yeah, just like Matt said, I was also surprised that Callahan was out of uh, out of there a little bit um, just because how much we were kind of hearing the rumors and whatnot. But um, that's probably why you guys don't see me posting too much about some of the rumors, just because if it's a rumor, I'm not really going to try and ride with it. I'll try and avoid that stuff just to, you know, not argue over stuff that we don't know is true or not. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so with that being said um, – I was a little bit surprised about Brian Callahan. Uh, I was not surprised by Wink Martindale. Um, and then I kind of disliked cutting Mike Kafka just because I, I liked what he did with that offense. But there's always reasons um, why a guy may be, may be cut out. And I think that could be why uh, Brian Callahan and Mike Kafka could have gotten cut out um, because of the inexperience with Mike Kafka. He's only been doing it for a year now. And then Brian Callahan, there may have been – Maybe some leadership stuff in there or whatever. I don't want to sit here and act like I was in the meeting room for you guys, but just those type of things that can kind of weed them out. So now we're down to uh, our great Jeff Saturday, <laughs> Rich Bisaccia, um, Raheem Morris, um, Shane Steichen, and uh, there's also been some reports and, and some stuff that I've seen from some Colts uh, writers and stuff that Eric B enemy is not officially out. So his name hasn't been a hot one in there, but he hasn't been ruled out. So four to five that we have left. What about you, Zach? How you feeling about uh the first shakedown? I mean, it killed me to see Wink go because I really thought like he would be possibly like a Bruce Arians type of coach. Um, but I get it. Um Callahan, I mean he had Manning's backing but so did Adam Gase. So I kind of view that as, you know, like maybe the last time Manning stuck up for, you know, somebody. Yeah. They, they weren't going to touch it. Hi, Mom. Oh, no, I was saying hi to Matt's mom. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to interject, DeMarco. No, no, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, Kafka is still not enough experience. Um, going forward out of the candidates we have, if I'm being 100% honest, I think Steichen's already been offered the job, and I think he's taken the job. They're just waiting until they're just waiting until after the Super Bowl to officially announce it. And then if Steichen hasn't taken the job, I really think they're going to give it to Jeff Saturday, 100%. Like, everyone else is just a name here. I really believe it's Steichen or Saturday, and that's the final two. I, I wouldn't say it would just be those two because I still hear Raheem Morris' name is pretty hot in there as well. So I mean, I'm also going to go ahead and slide this next slide over because I think this is huge on whether Saturday gets hired or not. Yes, this Jim was that, um we had found uh, scrolling through a little bit. It's from the Stampede Blue. Obviously, you guys can see Dan Graziano tied into ESPN, said owner Jim Mersey uh, for the Colts. Um, let it be known that Chris Ballard is the one making this final decision. And uh, as you guys just heard Matt say, we think it's huge because, uh, from my opinion, me personally, just just me, 
that I don't think Ballard is in on Jeff Saturday at all. Uh, and the only reason that Jeff Saturday has made it this far is because he's our owner's guy. So I agree with that 100%. The, the only reason why Saturday was in on this gig in the first place was because he was a hearsay's drinking buddy. Uh, so the media says. But, um, yeah, if Ballard gets to make his decision, hopefully it's Steichen and not Ursay's call. Uh, Chad, I think it'll actually be announced probably Tuesday, I think, because Monday they still have some obligations after the game that they have to do because I think technically uh, technically the NFL week goes through Monday. So I think it'll if it is announced, it's going to be announced Tuesday, and it'll probably be announced late Tuesday afternoon or in the evening. Um, league offices are closed on Monday, so yeah. But they have exit interviews and stuff on Tuesday, so yeah. wouldn't shock me to see it midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday too. Uh, Mom, no, we don't want Jeff Saturday as our head coach. Uh, we love the guy, but he's he he's not an NFL coach. Hey, we Mrs. Just- Matt Rudder, I'm gonna say this with all due respect. Fuck no, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> hey, but I wanted to uh, get something real quick here that uh, Chad had mentioned on on, on here. Um, he said Shaq won a Saturday back trade. Shaq save some money and fill holes with the Colts. So uh, Matt has brought up some interesting theories. I'm not there yet with trading Shaq, but what I will say is the reason um, we saw on Pat McAfee show where Shaq Leonard was vouching for Jeff Saturday was because. From what I heard from him, and me and Matt discussed it, and Zach here, um, was that he felt that they were being held accountable by Jeff Saturday. When Frank Wright was in the building, he did not feel like the team was being held accountable. It's like a guy could jog through a sprint, and Frank Wright was, all right, good guys, good job, guys, through the next rep. And with Jeff Saturday, it was, hey, you need to move your ass, you know? So guys didn't feel like they were being held accountable. And as you can listen to any great player in the NFL, they'll tell you that great players want to be coached. And that was one of the big things that, that I heard him mention from Jeff Saturday versus Frank Wright. Was there a total difference in accountability being taken? Yeah. And uh, Zach can, Zach can vouch for me here for the last probably like three years. I've complained about the accountability going on inside this, inside this organization. And it's from top to bottom, man. It's, it wasn't just Frank Wright, not holding anybody accountable. It was, uh, Jim Ursay not holding anybody accountable. Chris Ballard wasn't held accountable. Uh, players weren't held accountable. I mean, hell, we we even let some things that Andrew Luck did slide um, for a long ass time. Um, accountability I mean, can- has always been an issue in here, I think. And I think when Jeff Saturday stepped in, he started holding people accountable. And whether it was uh, a negative effect, which I think maybe it was because the players weren't used to it. Whether Shaq says it or not, Shaq wasn't playing. Uh, I think a lot of the guys on the field weren't used to it, and that's when you started seeing their their heads start to hang because they weren't used to getting called out for their bullshit. <laughs> You've been beating on the table now for Frank being fired for three years. I mean, it's been a long time, so I can vouch for that since I've been in the, on the podcast. And then – Secondly, we've all said, I do believe a Tom Coughlin type of coach would be perfect for what Indianapolis needs right now. And that's someone who is detail-oriented, disciplined, and holds people accountable. Do I believe Jeff Saturday is that guy? No, I don't. 
I do appreciate his ability to hold people accountable. I think that that's a trait that going forward, if he were to get coaching experience and then try this again in three years, cool. I'd be more for it. But, um, yeah, the accountability aspect and the leadership aspect and not being afraid to bust, you know, bust your best player's balls when they're not living up to expectation is definitely needed here in Indianapolis and something that I certainly hope going forward that players understand the standard is the standard. And when you don't live up to the standard, you don't deserve to wear the horseshoe because it's a privilege. It is not a right. Correct. Correct. I'm going to take a second real quick. And I'm going to say, you know, we got some viewers in here. We've got a few in, in, in YouTube and a few on Facebook. Um, if you guys are in here watching, go ahead and drop some comments so that we can get this conversation continuing. You know, uh, our podcast is definitely driven by all of you watching no matter where you're watching from. So just drop those comments. Let us know what you think. That's why we're here, man. And please like and subscribe. And then um, Larry uh, is commenting back to he didn't see any accountability when blowing the largest lead in NFL history or when Foles went down and the guy that dropped him was doing snow angels. So, That's facts. I mean, That's again, facts. I mean, we could look at it from the outside way that we want to, but I could tell you this right now, like – he was on Pat McAfee's show, and we should all know Pat McAfee doesn't pull any punches, and he asked Shaq Leonard, well, if he's holding people accountable, what happened when we blew uh, the biggest lead in NFL history? And he asked Shaq Leonard to write that to his face, and he told him straight up, like, when you're in that type of situation and you got a guy who's supposed to be coming from outside the building, he comes in to coach, and you already have a team that's going through a lot, like, we didn't know how to finish. Like, it's not something that we were coached. I mean, even look at it when Frank Wright was in the building. We were still blowing leads. He actually blew more leads than Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy combined as a head coach. So this team, it just – there was a lot of mishaps with coaching. And then as for the Snow Angels, Jeff Saturday commented on it um, – with uh, Lara Overton and J.J. Stankovitz on the Colts official podcast. He commented on it there. He said he didn't want to go into too much detail about it, but he was pretty pissed off that nobody did anything. I mean, what is he going to do, fight one of his players on the sideline? So Hell yeah. Be, That's what I expect. You got you to gotta be realistic about some of these things. So we can only know and, and say so much from what we see from the outside perspective. I'm by no means vouching for Jeff Saturday. All I'm saying is the next coach that comes into this goddamn building needs to hold people accountable. You also, you also have to remember holding people accountable doesn't mean coaches are going to go into press conferences and start blasting their players to the media. That's not how that works. It's needed, but it's, but that's not how that works. They they have a whole PR department that controls that you lose a locker room. If you start putting people on blast, I mean, Jeff said multiple times that people weren't playing better. And that was way more than what Frank was saying. Exactly. In those press conferences. That's how you can tell from the outside looking in that Jeff was holding players accountable. He wasn't putting anybody name on blast, none of that. Um, but that's for some reason what fans want. But I don't think fans realize that you start name blasting. Jeff Saturday would have went out there into a press conference and said, oh, yeah, DeForest Buckner didn't get enough pressure. DeForest Buckner didn't do this. Or uh, Isaiah Rogers did this and he should have done this. Things like that. That loses a locker room. Exactly. And then you can also tell the difference in offensive line play from when Jeff Saturday showed up versus before that, which also got a lot better. So we can look at this any way we want to. Um, I, I mean, p- put it put it this way, like all three of the guys you see on the screen, we don't want Jeff Saturday, regardless of 
the accountability that, that he has or has not done. But we want a coach that's going to hold players accountable. It doesn't have to necessarily be in the media, but it's, hey, we need to be better. We don't want a coach coming in every single week saying, hey, we had a good week of practice and blah, blah, and everything looked good, and then we come out and lose by three touchdowns. Like, we're, we, we know what's happening. Yeah, the worst the worst thing I used to hate hearing in these press conferences is when Frank used to say, "Well, we had a good week of practice. It just didn't roll over to the game." Well, then you didn't then you didn't have a good week of practice. <laughs> like you can't say that post game, you know. You can't be like, "Oh, well, we had a good week of practice, but it didn't roll over to the game." Well, if it didn't roll over to the game, that's because you didn't have a good week of practice. So you don't say things like that. You got out coached. It's as simple as that. If you had a good week of practice, that means you did that you didn't get out coached. You would have won the game. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. but that's Frank Wright. Frank always gets out coached. Frank you always get, gets exactly. Out-coached. You can't get out coached. But here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing too. Frank didn't. Frank didn't get out coached as often as he out coached himself. That that is true. That's very true. And that's that's a lot of the reasons why I wasn't completely off the train a lot of times. So a lot of times it just be stuff that he's doing that just loses us the game rather than the other coach actually beating him. So so that's why I was off the Frank Wright train three years ago when we lost to Jacksonville because he, because of the the, the same game plan. And then I noticed it kept happening. If he played a team twice, he was playing the same game plan. He was running the same schemes. You can't do that. Especially when you play a team twice in a season, how do you expect to beat that team? They know what's coming. Exactly. And then uh, I will say uh, real quick here, Larry, and that's the exact reason why the Cowboys have two playoff wins over the last 25 years. So there's that. (laughs) Hey, I think we have a we have a new commenter from uh, YouTube. YouTube. Give a shout out to Sunflower. Thank you for Thank the comments. You. Thank you. We agree. Please we do like want change. Um, Mom, we do agree. Uh, players need to be held accountable in private. That's facts. You don't put them on blast in the media, but you do hold them accountable in their meeting room. Exactly. You need to push them to another level. Just like just like I was saying, like uh, a couple weeks ago here, it was just what do we need from players just to just play another level. You know, push a player. If you think they're running fast, see if they can run faster. Get I'll beg a differ. I think you hold your star players accountable in press conferences, especially if you no. see them, especially if you um, see them slacking off. Like, if you need to say be, something it's in the be, media. It's got to be the right type of player, though. Because, like, look yeah. at the Tom Brady, Bill a Belichick guy like situation. Jack. Yeah, but look at the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick situation. They've even come out to start to talk about it. And Bruce Arians did the same thing. You got to have the right type of player to hold accountable to the media and say, hey, my guy played like crap. Like, I need my guy to play better. Because if you got a quarterback like a Carson Wentz and you're sitting here saying, hey, he's playing like trash and he needs to play better, like he's Ronald Perry look what he did I'm the not, next week. He comes out and throw three interceptions. That's not I'm not saying happen. every quarterback, but I am saying a guy like Shaq Leonard, a guy like DeForest, those guys should be able to handle it. And, you know, it's your job as a coach to find out who can and who can't. And the ones who can, you know, like a guy like Kenny Moore, who who can't. I mean, that's, that's part of being a good coach. But see, you got to learn who to call out and when to call out players, when to do things the right way. That's all but part you, of But you don't do it directly after the game. That's the thing. You look at the tape. You talk to the player first. Because there's the, coaches can't just call players out from what they saw mid-game. Why? Because they didn't see the tape yet. They don't know why that happened that way. So maybe – you know, you wait until that Monday press conference after you'd already watched tape or maybe Tuesday after you'd already watched tape and talk to the player. And then you go ahead and go to the press conference and be like, well, this is what we saw on tape. 
And this is what we talked about. And this is who I talked to about it, if that makes sense. I get it. But at the same time, I feel like that's what India is lacking, true discipline. And if you're not, you know, a coach who's not, who isn't scared to go to the media and say, yo, this person sucked, get your head out of your ass, so be it. And they're all grown men. They're professional athletes. They should be able to handle it. Just my two cents. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it just depends on the player because you can even be a, an elite player who don't think take things the right way. I mean, and a player, as a matter of fact, with a coach calling out a player, a player will know when that's warranted. Yeah. So if you got like a DeForest Buckner and and he's playing a game against like one of the worst offensive lines in the league and he has – zero pressures, one tackle, and he's just getting whooped off the ball by some guy that should be playing in the XFL, and you call him out, I'm pretty sure he's going to be like, I mean, coach is right. I got to play better. I'm getting my ass kicked all day. But if you go and call out some practice squad player who's who's trying to make a name for herself and made a couple plays, but right. getting beat some time, you call out that guy, it just looks really bad. I mean, right. Almost I don't, like that, it's I don't almost like that. the Bengals player – that was running through the locker room, and he, you don't push the fucking quarterback. Like, you can't do that with all the right. com- cameras there. Yeah, no. Uh, the other the other thing, too, is Tom Coughlin, he used to find his players. So he would go and watch tape, and if things happened that weren't supposed to happen, guess who was getting fined? That player was getting fined for messing I'm up because guess it. what? You're, you're a professional. Bruce Arians did the same thing. If you're an offensive lineman and you jumped off sides, and it cost you the game, or you jumped off sides, and it, it, it was it – was, game changing in some sort of fashion or you got penalized or you made a mistake you were getting fined that's the type of accountability that these teams need to start doing not just when you're late not just when you you know you you especially hot on drugs when you mess up in a game guess what that's coming out of your paycheck it should you get paid by performance more positive keep that money and they need to be called out on film I'm not sure Frank Wright ever called out anybody on film. Oh yeah, no, dude. I remember. I remember in high school, people used to call. They used to call me out on film, and I used. To, I used to get so mad, but guess what? I was going to learn. And I wasn't going to do that I mean, again. That's what my high school prided, coach did. I played I prided for one myself of on. I prided myself on doing things the right way all the time. So I just so I didn't get called out on film. Right. <laughs> I played for one of the winningest coaches in Indiana in high school, and. Like Matt says, like if you made it, if you flinched, you know, like and you weren't supposed to flinch, yep. you were getting your ass ripped just as much. If you took the as, wrong read, you know, the guy who threw a pick, like if oh, I, really? go ahead. I was gonna say you go ahead and finish real quick. I was just gonna say Chad had a really good question for us. So I want to, uh, or not, I'm gonna not Chad, Larry, right here. Before we got too deep into these ones, yeah, um, I, I, I thought I, I have it. You, I have it highlighted. What do each of you want from the Final Four? I thought that was a pretty good one. Shane? Um, I'll go first. Yo, go whoever the coach is. No, I think he means qualities. No, yeah. I want discipline, leadership, accountability, and understanding that the only thing that matters is winning and truly being aggressive in every aspect of it. These coaches have gotten soft. So, like, I understand it's a player's league, but at the same time, your job is on the line. And I think that needs to be, as a coach, front and center. If you don't perform, I don't care who you are, I will move on from you. And that's essentially competition is how you build a championship culture. 
And I truly believe that the Colts don't have that. They don't have discipline, competition, any of that. And to get back on top, they need that. I agree. I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah, I, I didn't hear a, a missed word from you. I will say that <clears throat> we need, we do need a, we're, we're a very young team. And a lot of these guys haven't experienced much of anything outside of the one year that Philip Rivers was here. And a lot of that um, accountability that we need from the locker room and the players and stuff. Um, we, we have a good locker room, but we don't have like those guys that are in leadership and is going to let it be known what everybody needs to do, how they need to be better themselves. Like all that stuff that, that like Matt Ryan would say that he said he would do, but then he'd come out on Sunday and just look awful. Players, it's just the same thing as respecting a coach. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I'd say um, agree with Zach there. Everything that he mentioned is is what we need uh, from this team for the, from the coach uh, coming in there. Yeah, we have another new viewer, uh, Colts fan fifty four out there on YouTube. Hey, hey. another YouTube viewer tonight. Welcome, I'm loving welcome. it. Please like and subscribe on my YouTube viewers. Please, please, we appreciate that. And share, everybody, share. Share this thing all over the place. Uh, and to answer your question uh, real quick, uh, I like C.J. Stroud. That, I, think that's, that's the, I think that's the round. That's thing. my main guy right now. Um, what I want in a coach is a coach who's not going to be afraid to delegate. Uh, uh, he's not afraid to hold accountability. Obviously, discipline is one of the major factors. Uh, and, but I also want a guy who's going to bring in a staff who knows how to utilize the personnel that we have. I don't think we've seen that in a while where the actual receivers were running routes that they are uh, skilled in, that they know what they're doing in those positions and how to scheme guys open, how to make our offense go. Defense, I mean, clearly that doesn't need that much work. We know what we're doing with that defense. But offensively, we haven't been able to get the guys into position to be successful, and that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Mom giving you a shout out. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Colts fan, um, 54. Uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much all CJ Stroud here. Um, I don't think any of us would be upset with getting Bryce Young if that was the case. No, not at all. Anything after that, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> so, um, I'll interject. Uh, don't you do it, Zach. Don't, don't do it. There are two quarterbacks that I'm I operate in a shade of gray. Like obviously I want CJ and, and, and Bryce Young. That's one and two. But like don't do it. There are two guys who I think if the Colts draft, they need to sit at least two years. Well, I won't Anthony be upset. Richardson, Max Duggan. <laughs> right. Well, I won't be upset. I mean, I will be disappointed. If they take Will Levis, I think um I think it's it's a full rebuild, so like two years of of truly sitting. But they take a guy like you know Anthony Richardson. To me, that's the most exciting pick. Like if they get a guy like Anthony I Richardson, agree. like look out because I think we are Philly two point at that point. If you can start in Richardson, that 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 to me that's exciting because dude has no intermediate game. But he's got hell of a legs and a D ball that is to die for. So like, so this, so I think this is a good time to go ahead and slide over to what we're going to be moving into.
I don't know why this video is not playing right. My bad. Hold on one second. One second. All right. So just so everybody knows, we're going to be moving into a segment uh, that's going to lead us up to the draft where we're going to work on our own kicking with the crew uh, war room. We're going to start next week uh, for the day one draft. What we're going to do is we're going to utilize the PFF mock draft simulator. I'm going to share my screen and we're going to have it work that way. Um, and we're going to do day one next week. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and discuss what our team needs are. And obviously QB is number one. The only reason I wanted to cut Zach off real quick was just so we can get this segment started while he's talking about the QBs because I really want to deep dive into these QBs because that's the number one. But what I first want to do is go ahead and talk about uh, – we're going to go ahead and talk about what each of us believe is our three – yeah, our top three needs, maybe top five needs, but I think top three is probably precise enough. Uh, so go ahead and discuss our top three needs coming into the draft and free agency, uh, where you think we can address those positions uh, so that when it comes into our roar room, hopefully we'll have all five of us in here next week. We're going to have a nice friend back, a nice friendly face of Rob sitting in a park, smoking a cigarette. He'll be back on the show next week. Um, so yeah, Zach, go ahead. Your first um, three picks. Well, QB being the biggest need, obviously, because you know, yeah, you build awesome. around your quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Lord forbid I say something else. Um, secondly, I think corner, just because like that's after Gilly and Isaiah Rogers, depth is really kind of sus because you got Dallas Flowers who is unproven. And then this is where I, I differ. I don't think left tackle is a need because Ryman balled out, but I think interior offensive line, whether that be you draft a young center and you play him a right guard, or you go and you sign a veteran right guard, and then you continue to draft along the offensive line. I think those three areas are the Colts' biggest needs, and they should be either dealt with immediately in free agency or you target two positions in the draft and you lean quarterback and then you get protection or you quarterback and you find your DBs and you sign protection and free agency. That's just my opinion. I agree. Go ahead, DeMarco. All right. My needs are going to be, obviously, outside of quarterback. We know that's our biggest need. Number one for me is going to be cornerback. Um, like Zach said there, um, we got Gilly, we got Rogers. Gilly is on pretty much got one year left. Uh, he'll also be 34 by the time that is over. So that's a little cutting it close on the age there. So corner for me is going to be huge. And then even um, – with Rodgers, you know, we got to make sure that we have some depth behind uh, any health issues. Uh, number two for me is going to be right guard. We need to fix that interior uh, offensive line, um, make sure that's going to be solidified for us. And there's a lot of – there's some good offensive line players coming out in this draft. Um, number three for me is going to be pass rusher. I like that. Can't go that's wrong with another D. So, yeah, I, I, my three, cornerback, right guard, uh, pass rusher. 
Yeah, I agree with that big time. Uh, I think we're all on the same page then moving forward because I personally believe quarterback obviously is the number one. Um, and then the number two to me, in my opinion, is, yep, corner. Um, for the same reasons, man. All we have is Gilmore and Rodgers, um, and Gilly's getting old, so we got to be careful with that. And then right guard, I've said multiple times, I think right guard is definitely more important than left tackle. I think Ryman's got that left tackle uh, squared up. So interior offensive line is definitely important. Um, I think some other places that we're going to be looking is definitely pass rush. I definitely agree with DeMarco on that point. Um, it fully depends on, you know, we haven't had consistency in that position at all. Whether we had, you know, Yannick started stepping into his spot later on in the season, um, but the consistency still wasn't there, especially on the other side. Um, we had Taekwon Lewis, who played edge very well when he was healthy, but his issue has been health his whole career. So uh, my favorite thing about him was not his rushing ability anyway. It was always his ability to uh, control the edge, especially <clears throat> against those mobile quarterbacks that like to run those bootlegs. Taekwon Lewis was always that guy that would contain that side. So. And so that, that was my big thing for those two, because even if we were to re-sign Yannick and then we have Quiddy, we still need to depend upon their health for them to either stay healthy all season or just to get a rota good rotation. And uh, like Matt said, um, we've had injury issues with Taekwon Lewis, and then also we'd be dependent upon um, Dio Adangbo. And so I think that's something that we need to address there. Um, I did want to say for Chad at speed receiver, Solid speed receiver. I, I I don't I wouldn't necessarily say that's a big need, but if there was a receiver in this draft that I was willing to say to put at like a fourth for me, it's going to be Zay Flowers. If you guys haven't heard about Zay Flowers, go yep. check him out. I think the Boston guy um, Boston College, the guy's a really good receiver. I think, uh, and I think he would excel in the slot. Just depending on what your team is doing. Um, He's a second round yeah. pick, man. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I hope I hope kind of I hope he I hope he kind of drops back a little bit like um uh, what's the name that Seattle took last year cornerback. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that'll be my guy. And then uh, we had a comment here from Abram Tamar uh, Tovar. That's Tovar, yeah, he's a Ravens fan. Just ignore yeah. him. <laughs> no, he's, he's give us picks and take Lamar. So nah, I, wanted, I just want to let you know I'm off the veteran train. I don't want a veteran. Yeah. Personally, so I think I uh, heard some pretty good deals for Lamar. Um, wish you guys the best of luck with that. Like with Atlanta, I'll take Lamar. Nah, but I'm uh, I'm off the uh, veteran train. Hey Zach, is this you in the comments in YouTube? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am uh, doing double duty. Yeah, no, uh, Colts fan, fan 54, Matt Pryor is no longer uh, in Indianapolis Colts. He needs to be working at McDonald's. Hey, since we uh, since we did bring up corners, I do want to bring this up because this was an exciting moment for the podcast this week. We're gonna go ahead and talk about this right here. I I made this post on Facebook. Demarco <laughs> went ahead and made it on Instagram and Twitter on all of our other posts where we gave a shout out to how Isaiah Rogers and Stephon Gilmore both ranked top ten in coverage, and then we asked a question about our corners as a whole. Uh, forcing four turnovers total, which was two interceptions and two forced fumbles. And where does everyone have that position listed as a need? And Isaiah Rogers went ahead, first comment back on that post, 
saying, we good, I like us every week. And it took him less than a minute to respond to that post. I literally so posted awesome. up, looked at something else, and boom, his combo <laughs> was right there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome, man. And I, I don't know, that had me so hyped the rest of the week. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I, I have seen him some on some other pod, uh, podcasts, so I haven't had the chance to ask him. I know he's a, a new father again and then uh, got some young ones, so I don't want to bug him too much. But I definitely will be reaching out to him and seeing if he would uh, like to hop on for uh, an episode with us for a minute. So I thought that hey, was if pretty you cool. can get McAfee, that would be badass. That'll take, mean, it'll take it'll take a while to get McAfee. <laughs> McAfee gets about like three thousand mentions a day. So I well, I've, been, sure I've been trying. I've been trying for three years to get McAfee on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tough to get McAfee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we even we even tried to get Ture at one point because he used to answer us on Instagram all the time. Uh, I think I've hit up Bobby O. I've hit up what Shaq. Ture, Bobby- we released him. Yeah, did he like fall off the face of the earth though? Oh no, no, he plays for the Where 49ers. He yeah, he plays for the, the Niners. Yeah. Really? I didn't he, know. He wasn't healthy for like the last like three games though. He wasn't healthy for the last like sixteen years. <laughs> I'm saying he's been in the league like four, and I think he, I don't even know what happened to him after the Colts release him. I was all like, "Yeah, uh, thanks, Abram, for tuning in. We do appreciate you. We appreciate that." Um. So, yeah, we thought that was pretty cool um, to get that uh, response from Isaiah Rogers. Speaking of corners, do you all think Kenny Moore actually comes back? Or do you think they actually um, get rid of him? He's coming back. He's coming back. He's got got a whole other year on that contract. He's coming back. I I want no part of Kenny Moore on the Colts. Hey, I think think, it would be a – there we go. I think think it it might be good for him to kind of – you know, force himself to earn back what he wanted to ask for. Why you steal you know, my hat, so, bro? Uh, because it's draft season, baby. You know, I had to, had to, had to have it out. Um, but I, I think, I think, like that's what I'm saying about this whole accountability thing. Like, I think it's gonna be good for a lot of these players, like Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, Kenny Moore. Like, these are guys that need to be held accountable and told, like, look at your pay and look at your play. Let's go. And so I think it could be a good thing for him. I honestly, I do believe, I, I don't know if he's going to make it. I think, uh, I personally do think this is either his last season with us or we trade him sooner than that, personally. Um, but uh, I will trade him to the Bears for the first overall pick. Like, I want Kenny Moore we would gone get it. tomorrow. <laughs> We we're, not, we're not. We're not trading. We're not trading. Why does everybody want to trade? Why does everybody think trading is the key? Hey, so Chad asks, uh, "What corner would we take in the second pick?" And I'll say it like this: Come next week, you'll probably find out, or the week after, or the yeah, week I've after been, that. I've been trying to I'll give you. It. I'll give you a hint, my guy. His name is Blue. <laughs> For real, if you if you know anything about draft coverage, you'll know. <laughs> but yeah, say, man, um, you'll, see, you'll see on our day two uh week i would say uh chad just keep your eye out for for uh clark phillips uh go check him out a little bit he's a slot corner from utah he's real good so i'll say just kind of keep your ears out from for that that'd be uh me and me and damon are pretty huge with on him so <laughs> 
I'm looking up this guy, Riley Moss. Thanks, Miss Heston. <laughs> Riley Moss, where's he from? Riley Moss. Doesn't sound too familiar. I don't think I've heard him. I'm looking him up. <clears throat> 22, 6, 1. He's from Iowa. He's a Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. They they produce defenders as well. That's why that's why a lot of their guys aren't um uh too well known, I'd say, because they just are all, all around defense and they got dogs everywhere. So it's tough to really spot some guys out on some teams no, like that. A guy I like at corner, if we're all gonna drop names of people we like. I know I where you're going. Lead, lead into it. I know where you're going. Ryu Blue Kelly from Stanford. 6'1", oh, 288. Kid's a corner. His name's Ryu Blue that? Kelly. Dude's a stud. Watched him on film. I like him as a prospect. Sure. He bowled out at the senior bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I didn't know you were going to go that way. I thought you were going to say Joey Porter Jr., I thought that's where you were gonna go, but he's he's, he's gonna be a first round pick. So. Yeah, that's that's where I thought you were gonna go for a second. But uh, I'll 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 look at uh I'll take some look at that blue and, and see how uh his hips opens up and whatnot. We'll see if he if he's really that good. We'll see. We'll see. Because a lot of those uh, receivers that they're matched up with in the Senior Bowl weren't really too impressive. So I, I don't know if I really like the competition. Hi, right, welcome to the show, Rick. It's good to see you. Yo, wasn't Riley Moss that white corner from Iowa? Mm-hmm. Damn, they make white DBs. No offense. Like, I haven't seen one since Seahorn. Hey, we don't do this here. <laughs> hey, dude, dude's got some talent if he can make it, man. That's like Troy Apke from Penn State. He was a dude that Deion Sanders said can run, run. <laughs> so. And Rich Eisen said, why, why are you saying that? Wait, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, Rich, you know why I'm saying that. <laughs> he hasn't done crap with Washington, but, you know, he ran a fast 40. So, you know, is what it is. I oh, mean, uh, if they if they can match their speed with some technique, I mean, it, it helps to be coached up because that's what Isaiah Rogers was, and that's why he didn't initially start out as a starter because he had that speed, he had the ball skills, but he still needs to work it on some technique, hands. Speaking, speaking of that, what do you guys think about flowers, man? Uh, Flowers reminds me of Isaiah Rogers from three years ago. He I does. Like him better I, think, I mean, so I think that's right now. But, I think that was so develop into a good corner. But that was me with Isaiah Rogers three years ago. I said the same thing. Keep that guy on special teams. Stop putting him in at coverage. And look at I us mean, now. I'm like, put Isaiah Rogers in. <laughs> well, anybody's better than face on. I truly believe I could cover oh, no, a no, five-yard no. out better than face I'm not talking about face on. I'm talking about any of that. Isaiah Rogers developed into the corner, oh. a starting cornerback, in my opinion. Yeah. And Flowers just reminds me of the younger Isaiah Rogers when Isaiah Rogers first got drafted and was, you know, special teams, and that was it. Yeah, Kate, you guessed right. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think he can. I think he can develop. Um, and and become a, a really good guy, um, but I think only time will tell. It's it's tough to say with corners who are special teamers and don't necessarily start out as targets. It's just a tough one for me. Uh, Colts fan fifty four. Yes, I've heard of uh, Rakim Jarrett from Maryland. Uh, the tough part for that one for me is he played with my guy Jacob Copeland, who's also coming out this year. 
So it's like, but is he is he as good as Stephon Diggs comparison comparison he's getting? Another Maryland receiver, like they're calling him Stephon really, Diggs two point And that's the see that's the thing that makes me hate Will Levis sometimes, or not hate him, but just like not want him is because all these comparisons, everybody want to compare to somebody to somebody, and then when they don't mount up to that player, they just completely get trashed, and we all gotta hate them because they don't become the player that. Josh Rosen to that one time, like Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is the biggest prime example of being compared to current NFL quarterbacks coming to the NFL, having a bad year because his whole roster was injured. And then he gets the shitty end of the stick is traded after his rookie season so that they can get Kyler Murray. And then he hasn't done anything since. So got a Super Bowl ring. I will say, I will yeah, say, to be a double-edged sword to him is he did say that there were nine mistakes made ahead of him. So true, he kind of wiped his own ass with that. But one. don't you want somebody who's confident? Oh, yeah, I want somebody to be like, if you're gonna have a chip on your shoulder, you could have said it in a different way to say there was nine mistakes and then you being one of the first nah. guys, and then he shit the bed. He didn't. Like, he wasn't even. Bed. He wasn't even good enough to keep the starting job. Like, yeah, but his whole roster was shit. I understand that, but but if you know your roster is going to be shit, be humble. Be smart. Yeah. He didn't know that Larry Fitzgerald (laughs) was going to be hurt. He didn't know that their running back at the time, I can't remember his name. He was a stud, too. David Johnson. David Johnson. Johnson. He didn't know that he was going to be hurt. He didn't know that he was going to have all practice squad wide receivers. He didn't know that Chris Jones was going to be hurt when he played for them. That's why you'd be humble. You know what I'm saying? Or no, Chandler Jones was hurt. He didn't know that that whole I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Was he a Bruce Arians guy or a Steve Wilkes guy? I think uh, Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. 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 Because yeah. then he Wilkes got fired and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury came in. Yep. Um, but I was also going to say, I don't know if you guys heard, but um, Hendon Hooker was also on the Pat McAfee show, and he compared his play style to um, Josh Allen and uh, – He's Michael the same Mayo. age as Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> he is like the same age as, as No, they uh, literally I he's like literally 31. Are. I think him and him and Stinson Bennett are, are both uh, right up there with Josh Fucking, Allen. Age. They're literally but they're see, literally no, the Van Wilder of this draft. Like they've see, been no, in, they've see, been in college for 7 these years. Guys, these guys, Will Levis did the exact same thing, comparing himself to Josh Allen. Everybody wants to keep comparing themselves to Josh Allen. And to me, it's like, why do you keep comparing yourself to this guy? Well, you like, said he was Tannehill 2.0. <sighs> yeah, because Tannehill's what? Yeah. A game manager at this? I didn't What's think wrong? that that was even a, a proper comparison. And then, like, I watched, the, watched that clip you sent, and then I went back <laughs> and watched Will Levis' tape, and I was all like, damn, but see, dog. That's my thing. But, but Tannehill went number eight overall. Because people yeah. were sitting there hyping him up to be better than what he should be. So if I'm giving you a bar as a game manager, you should try and beat that bar. Why would your bar – why would you want to have the bar of of a guy that everybody is saying, this is the guy that's supposed to beat Patrick Mahomes. This is the guy that's supposed to be Joe Burrow. This is the guy that's supposed to be MVP and win a Super Bowl. Why do you want to keep comparing yourself to a guy that you're probably not going to match up to? That to me just makes no sense. Just give yourself a legit comparison that makes sense if you want to sit there and try and say that. Two things. And you like, I'm, I'm, like Mark, I'm like Mark Sanchez. All right. One. Exactly. Eight. Compare yourself to him. So then when you go above and beyond Mark Sanchez, people are going to be like, this guy compared himself to Mark Sanchez. He's 10 times better than him. Exactly. Like, I mean, like, let's give yourself some room. I'm no one compares. Man. 
if anything, Will Levis is Kirk Cousins, high end, bro. And Kirk cover Kirk Cousins is average at best, and, and I, somehow and, I you, and somehow always gets guaranteed money, like and guaranteed contracts. And I guarantee you, if he would have said, "Hey, I think I kind of mirror my game off of Kirk Cousins," I guarantee you, people would just be like, "Oh, okay." All right, and then it doesn't go viral, and you don't have to look right. like an idiot if you end up ten times worse. Now, how? My question is: Does that piss you off because that was a confidence answer? Because obviously, I want a guy who believes in himself. No, I it pisses but, me off because it's not relatable at all. Fair enough. <laughs> fair like, enough. That, was, that was my next question. Like you don't mm-hmm. look like that guy. You don't run like that guy. You don't jump like that guy. Like it, it's just it, it's totally different. I think. Josh Allen had like almost 6,000 yards passing and hella touchdowns. Will Levis never even beat anybody of top competition, let alone Josh Allen so, did go to Wyoming. So Colt, Colts fan here, 54, says that CJ compares to Justin Fields. And I want to disagree because I think CJ is more of – he's mobile, sure, but he's more of a – He's more of a pocket passer than he is. That's a bad comp. He's Tony Romo yeah. before he's no, Dak he's, Prescott, bro. No, I think Dak Prescott is a good comp for C.J. Stroud. So you're like the Derek Carr then because they're the same no, quarterback. No, because I think C.J. Stroud is a lot better than Derek Carr when he was coming out. Derek Carr at, at Fresno put up a shit ton of stats, but he's coming out of a small school, and he got taken in the fourth round. C.J. Stroud went to a big school face competition almost in out each and every week. Right. Perform, but Dak Prescott's a third round pick. Yeah, but Dak Prescott also makes forty million dollars. So if I'm telling you that C.J. Stroud can go on to throw forty touchdowns and ten interceptions, that he can do that. Hey, as long as we have playoff success, not like Dak Prescott, I'll be perfectly happy. Hey, I'm just saying we got to be realistic when we're making comps. We can't say every quarterback is going to come out and be Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. I think, that's I, a, I think that now, like, if you look at Dak Prescott coming from being a fourth-round pick, taking over for Tony Romo, and then coming over and solidifying and being a good quarterback for the Cowboys, not a great quarterback, not a top-tier one, a good quarterback, if that's what somebody's going to tell you, I think that is a reasonable comp. That's not trying to put it way over the top. Everybody wants to hate on Dak Prescott, but being a starting quarterback in the NFL that can do what he does, I think that's a good comp. Don't listen, listen, listen. The Cowboys got Mike McCarthy. All right. Went into the playoffs and they shit the bed. That's a Mike McCarthy thing. Just saying. Exactly. So that's fair. That's fair. I mean, if we're going strictly based off potential, as he's potentially a consistent four thousand yard passer, forty touchdown, fifteen to ten to fifteen interception type quarterback, and gives you consistent Pro Bowl appearances and makes you comp compete every year for a playoff spot. That's fair. But if you're saying, you know, like his high end is Dak Prescott, I want no part of that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that's his high end. And also, even if you compare his stats to Dak Prescott's in college. The one thing that I've heard from scouts and multiple people who interpret quarterbacks is that what you do in college as far as like, you know, accuracy and interception wise, it's likely what you'll do in the NFL. And CJ Stroud has never been a high interception guy. Dak Prescott, when he was in college, was a high interception guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'm just saying these guys gotta start getting reasonable and don't don't make yourself look like I don't even like comparing college quarterbacks to NFL quarterbacks whatsoever because they're in college schemes against 
college defenses and everything changes when you come to the NFL. None of these quarterbacks that have ever been compared to anyone in the NFL has ever come into the NFL and played like that person ever. Not once. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why. Except Lamar Jackson. He plays identical to Michael Vick. But nobody compared to Mike Vick. They want him to play receiver. True. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is better than Mike Vick, though. Oh, 100%. I, you'll never hear me say that. You'll never hear me yeah. say he's not. Like, Lamar Jackson is so, Vic 2.0. He just plays eerily similar to Mike Vick. I would, yeah, Lamar Lamar Jackson, I think, has a better accuracy, a better arm. Maybe maybe not arm as in arm strength, but arm as in velocity and the different techniques that he uses to throw the ball. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, that was just my thing. I just think guys got to be reasonable because, like, when you come in and you sit here and say, like, I'm going to be like, like, uh, again, Josh Allen, and you come out and you end up being like fucking Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would have taken you Tyrod Taylor. To leave my guy Bryce Young alone. Like all five foot eleven of them. All right, there's still a toddler on the loose, and his name's Kyler Murray. You can call him Muggsy Bows. They the same height. That's the same. Uh-uh. They no. the same height, bro. Bro, Kyler's five eight. Five, no, eight. no, no! You better go look young. at that. You better go look at that Heisman commercial picture that they took to understand. <laughs> no, you're right. They're you're the right. Same height. They're the same height, but I still oh. think Bryce Young's a better pro already than Kyler Murray is. I think he's uh, real quick, back. real quick, I want to give a shout out to Adrian. What's up, Adrian? He's in here now. Uh, and then I want to give a shout out to Tyler. Tyler is a uh, Titans fan. Popping in oh, here. How about so, that Taylor Lewan photo, my guy? How Ooh. about that? <laughs> Hey, let's say that. Let's say that. Yeah. I haven't talked to Tyler in a hot minute, so I just want to see what he oh, thinks. Oh, man. That. Tighten up on there with Taylor Lewan. <laughs> yeah, he tightened up real quick. Uh, yeah, Chad, yeah, Chad uh, you, can't, you can't hate on Bryce too much because I think there's a good chance that he could possibly end up being our QB. So. Is just, it fair uh, to say he's Drew Brees? Because like, that's the, the comp. That he's no, as accurate as Drew Brees. No, because if you compare him to Drew Brees, guess what? When he don't now make you it expect to him Drew to Brees, be Drew Brees. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't reach Drew Brees' talents, which was what uh, the most five thousand yard seasons in NFL history. Yeah. If he don't like mount up, if he don't mount up, if he don't mount up to that, then everybody's calling him trash. Even if he just becomes a decent quarterback, like fair enough. That's the, that's the problem. Everybody's expectations is that every quarterback you draft is supposed to be the next guy instead of just being a good guy that you can build around. Right. He said, how is Sanchez doing? Are you talking about Mark Sanchez is doing pretty good, actually. Bro, he announces the NFL games now. Yeah, He calls some NFL games. Um, he actually is just like RG3 a little bit where he'd be taking some stuff too far. But uh, he, he's pretty funny. He's not bad on there, even though, uh, you know. Listen, hey. Tony, Tony Romo is the goat of announcing. <laughs> Tyler said Taylor Romo is going to be uh, Greg, black Greg. in the locker room. <laughs> no, our punter. Sanchez, our punter, coming off the um, Achilles. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Wow. Rigoberto. Um, so I, I, I follow Sanchez. I know um, he's uh, started jogging a little bit and whatnot. I think he's been working out and stuff. So I'm not exactly sure where he's at 100% because he don't really post like all that much like of practice and whatnot. He's usually 
listen, hanging out or working out or something. But I think God he existed. Listen, listen, you can't you can't come in here. You can't come in here and we'd be talking about the butt fumble. And then you ask how Sanchez is doing. I mean, oh man, I immediately went to the yeah, Mark I, Sanchez I, the butt fumble. I, right back to Mark Sanchez. I even forgot about Rigoberto because our player yeah. last year was god awful. So I hope Sanchez comes back, back to what he was. You didn't man. like uh, you didn't like punk Hawk, uh, Matt Hawk to end the year, bro. How many games did that dude only punt fifteen yards? Three times. It's ridiculous. That dude was not good. He had maybe one or two where he punted over eighty. But you're a good Colts fan. We appreciate the question. Yeah, no, just man. Gotta, just, it just, gotta be, it. just gotta be a little bit more detailed. Just so we know. Especially this deep into the show. We're usually a couple drinks in by now. So we start talking about whatever. Yes, sir. Big big time in there. Big time. Man. But um, yeah, so uh, you know, that's just where I was at with the um whole quarterback situation. I didn't like how Hendon Hooker compared himself in that way because he's not gonna clearly not gonna be as fast as Josh Allen. He's coming off an ACL injury, and um, I mean it's just a lot to try and project yourself to. And most of the time, when people think about how good a quarterback is, they forget the years that they weren't good because people are forgetting the one, two, and three year of Josh Allen when when uh, Jalen Ramsey was literally saying that the Buffalo Bills wasted a draft pick on Josh Allen calling him trash so now but hold on hold on hold on that year jalen ramsey called out a whole bunch of star quarterbacks yeah he and called then, luck trash yeah he called luck trash and then if i remember correctly that season every single quarterback he called up called out ripped him apart burn his ass luck through like for two every, TVs on bro every quarterback I mean, Every quarterback targeted him the whole game, and every quarterback was I mean, on that, money all game. I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying that this is how bad Josh Allen was playing, how everybody likes to look at quarterbacks. They don't look at the growth that they came from. Yeah, but I'm just saying Jalen Ramsey was not a good example because no. he called out quarterbacks who weren't trash. and they. I will ask him. you this. Do you well, he think also Josh- said that Blake Bortles was good, so I mean – yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, like from what he came from is basically. Do you think Josh Allen was only successful because of Brian Dayball? No, because he lost Dayball and his play has regressed. I don't and think his play regressed. I think I think it's just because everybody expected him to turn into like what Mahomes was, be the whole team, and and that's the thing that I keep saying about these quarterbacks who project okay. themselves to want to be like a Josh Allen. It's like you have to understand. A lot of quarterbacks aren't going to come into this league and be their whole team. You're not going to see right. too many guys like be the reason that they do every single thing. Like you need a team, right. so, like Peyton Manning did everything. Mahomes does everything. So, so I blame I blame Madden because Madden came out with that that longest uh, what was it called the long shot or some shit, and it always asked that question of what type of quarterback are you. So they had to compare themselves. So all these quarterbacks had sure Madden thinking that they were like Lamar Jackson. That's just that's just me. But let's, let's answer some of these questions in here. Um, Colts fan fifty four asks: Should we keep Sammy or should we trade him? Keep Sammy. 
I think he's a I think he's a viable number two. I think Sammy proved that he's not going to be a guy that can win you some games. But if there was a game where CJ had to get an ankle taped or, or get a finger taped up, that he can come in and, and, and move you on some drives, almost like a, a yeah. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. I think that's personally reasonable, and he's on a um, a short a rookie deal. contract. Yeah, yeah rookie he's got contract. he's got so two he's years not, left on that contract. He's not, so. he's not making really any money to hurt us. So I think you keep that there, especially with all the cap waste we already got. So. Yep, and then yeah, same uh, as And then Chad says Chase Chase needs to be resigned. Uh, that's one hundred percent. That dude was killing it the whole rest of the year. That's our guy moving forward. Uh, I don't think that's even a question. No, it was a statement. Tyler said, not for nothing, yeah. but if y'all lock up Shane on the headset and then slap CJ behind that uh, O-line, bounce back here with JT behind him, that's a youthful offense with filthy potential. I, I agree. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that we're going to be all the way there yet because I kind of got my win prediction already set in my head depending on who we draft. So we'll kind of see how that goes, see if it changes. Um, we need another receiver to be feeling good. I mean, they have two ones, in my opinion. No, no, he said potential, potential. Oh, so, okay. I, I, think, yeah, I, think the, I think the potential is there, but and not okay. and not Philly, not Philly potential, filthy potential. Oh, filthy. Oh, I thought he said Philly potential. I was like, from worst to first, like, damn. Um, well, worst to first would it literally only have us be uh, five more wins. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Well, fair enough. <laughs> so, our division is the worst. That's the problem. I don't know. We're pretty bad, but so is the oh, NFC South. Yeah, the NFC so South. Like, there's that one. You know, yeah. their best quarterback in that division um, is uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Yeah. That's ugly. Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> because I still think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. You think so? I don't. I mean, pure talent-wise, Lawrence is better. But right now, I mean, you saw Tennessee was god-awful without Tannehill. <laughs> I think schematically he was used correctly, um, so it made him look better than what he was. When you have a guy like Derrick Henry, uh, it makes it easier for you to do bootlegs and play action. But I think it's so up in the air. But when it comes to pure talent at the quarterback position, I'm gonna, oh, I think I'd take Trevor Lawrence all day long. I would too, but I'm talking like best quarterback in the division because he was used properly is Tannehill without a doubt. I don't think I don't I don't think T Higgins I don't think T Higgins is hitting the FA this year. Uh so no, they're gonna trade him. Say, y'all got some cap, yeah. Um so we're so, currently so, even as bad as our cap situation is, we're currently like thirteenth in the NFL with like thirteen million. Um so I, I don't necessarily think that's the idea. Some people were talking about different trades and stuff like that. I think if we go get T. Higgins, we literally just got another Michael Pittman. Here, here's here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll say. I listened to Around the NFL podcast, and they did a bunch of interviews down there in Arizona because there's a whole bunch of players. You know, They interviewed Jamal Williams. That dude is funny. I don't care what anybody says. If you've never seen a Jamal Williams interview, you should probably go. Go anime. Let's go, yeah, my nerds. Dude, my yeah, nerds. That dude, that dude is funny. He's one hell of a person. I love that guy to death. Uh, they interviewed C.D. Lamb. They interviewed uh, Jamar Chase. When they interviewed Jamar Chase, they asked him about what the thoughts were, uh, what was going on in-house about how they were going to keep that team together. Jamar Chase uh, had said, because he's real good friends with Joe Burrow, and it took him to get Joe Burrow to even go to Vegas because uh, he wasn't invited to the Pro Bowl. Um, Stupid. So Joe Burrow went just to hang out with Jamar Chase. 
and he was just kind of there because Jamar Chase tried to get him out of the house. But they uh, they talked, and what what's the understanding in Cincinnati is that Joe Burrow is going to take a pretty much a pay cut, kind of like Tom Brady does. And keep the everybody. goal, yep, the goal is to keep T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and Tyler Boyd all together. Well, Tyler Boyd and Mixon are already under contract. Well, I'm just saying what they're trying to do is he keep all of them together as a together. whole. Yeah, they're trying right. to keep all of them together. So Joe Burrow, in a sense, is going to not take a huge, massive deal to be the most paid quarterback. I think what he's going to do is take they still got other players to play. They still got Jesse Bates, some linebackers, some corners to right. resign and, and go, right. go get. So It'll be interesting. Basically, basically, what they're trying to do is, hey, so, at least we get worse on defense. We need to keep our offense. Right. Players. And the understanding uh, from what Jamar Chase was saying is that T. Higgins even wants to stay in Cincinnati. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't think Higgins is going anywhere. I think he's going to be right there at Cincy. You also need to see if uh, Jamar Chase keeps that same energy when his time to come get money comes around. So He seems pretty humble if you listen to that man talk. That man definitely No, no, is. I know he is, but when receivers, when it's time to get money, I've seen the most humble of them still want a big dollar. Yeah, I get that. It's just the way that he was backing his team more than anything. They were asking him questions about himself, and he was always you know, pushing it off to Joe Burrow, things like that. So – I don't know what they got going on in Cincy is definitely uh, something to look forward to in the future. Since he's going to, they got a franchise around. quarterback, and that quarterback yeah. wants to win. And when you yeah. have a, a a franchise quarterback who wants to win and is a proven winner, everybody buys in. So if he says, "Break me off a little bit, so my guys around me can eat," well, that's that that's that culture thing that Indianapolis knows nothing about right now. That Cincinnati has, in my opinion. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure if it came to the point if let's say Andrew Luck didn't retire and it came to him coming to a contract right. year and we needed to sign players, I'm pretty sure Andrew Luck would have taken oh, it. Oh, 100 percent But Indianapolis <laughs> doesn't have that problem right now. That's what I mean by well, that. Like, let us get it, let us get that franchise quarterback <laughs> and see how that works. Yeah. Uh Chad said trade shack for an elite receiver for a rookie QB. I I I'm not with that. Unless you're trading, unless you're telling me that we can get Justin Jefferson in this building for give me D hop to throw to, um, then I, I don't think that's the way. Give me D hop. Trade Shack for an elite wide receiver for our rookie quarterback. Give me DeAndre and, Hopkins. Uh, and, yeah, I do so DeAndre probably, Hopkins. That's not even that's not even like a big time trade to trade Shack for. So that's what I agree with Matt there. And you let the dice roll where they may, and I think even if we could end up with like a somewhere in the win potential. I think trying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. will be our key next year. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm all for that. See, there's there's two there's two receivers that are supposedly on the move. Um, well, okay, so I think it's cut down to one. I don't think Devontae Adams is going anywhere because there was rumors no. that he was going to leave Vegas, but the rumors now are that Rodgers is going to Vegas. So I think I think Rodgers goes to Vegas. Yeah. Oh yeah. One one hundred percent. Um, I think that I, the, I think the, the biggest move. Nah, he's going to Vegas. Um, I, the biggest I move. The biggest move, the only way he goes to the Jets is if Devontae Adams goes to the Jets. And Good night, Maps, mom. Good night, mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, uh, you, I think, I think what it is is D Hop. I think D Hop is probably our most realistic move if we're signing or trading for a vet receiver. And I really think he still has the potential to make an offense elite alone. He would instantly take over the wide receiver one spot in Indy. Well, yeah, he would draw all the coverage, which would allow Pittman 
And then if you re-sign Paris Campbell and all that jazz that everyone wants to do, you know. Well, what's to, that about? I'm not going to say uh, go. What's, what's, what's that about? Hold What's on, that about coming at my guy Parrish Campbell? What's he's had about? one good. He's had one good year. Dude's a walking injury bug. If he can do it again, all right. But like, no, he on, hasn't been. You, he hasn't been able to. There. I can't stand Paris Campbell. You I have to stop there. You have to stop there because you said you said in the off season that if he stayed healthy this year, you would stop jumping on his back. And here you, you are jumping on his back, adding more to the to the to the contract. Yeah. You know to the saying? point where like, what have you done for me lately? Other than be healthy and catch what? Nothing? I mean, no, okay, I was, that his fault? He, was that his fault? Yeah, that wasn't his fault. He caught a lot. Mm. He was the reason our offense even moved the ball in the majority of these games. You're not, you're not wrong. I just don't like because he's not available, if that makes any sense. Like, he's constantly always hurt. So I feel like it's wasted production. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love my guy, Parrish Campbell. I'd like to see him on, on a short deal, you know, a proven deal for us. Um, I will say that we do need him to come back and, and, and be a good player, but then have a D-hop. Then we got Pittman, uh, Parrish to develop some more. I think it, it, could, it could work out. I think that would be all good for a rookie quarterback coming in. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not trading Shaq for – an elite wide receiver, unless you tell me we get Justin Jefferson in the building. Yeah. If anything, if anything, Shaq would be a piece to move up if we needed to. Let's say Honestly, we draft our, let's say we draft our quarterback, and then we want to use Shaq as a way to move back into the first round from the second round to pick up another first round player. I think that might make sense. That could be another hot take. Going to get everyone fit, pissed off right now. Why not trade JT? He's cheap. No. You have no. Moss. No, you can no. find running backs. Moss get what you can. Pity. Move. Yeah. Up. you move up and you move on. That's just no. Right. See, no. See, you I don't know why. No hold value. On. Hold on. Hold on. Can I say? Listen, running backs have value, especially when you're a guy like JT. JT's on a tier. You. Hold on. JT's on a tier of let's say Nick Chubb, uh, Derrick Henry, uh, Austin Eckler. Those guys are franchise running backs. They're not running backs that are like. Um, I don't know, an Alvin Kamara who can be moved around, things like that, a Brandon Oliver, uh, uh, a David Johnson. He's not one of those guys. He's he's a franchise running back. And when you have a franchise running back like JT and you're trying to look for a franchise quarterback and you're about to draft a rookie, JT is probably everything, the, that, guy needs. everything that guy needs. Because when you need to check out of something and you don't know if you're making the right decision, you're making the right decision because you got a guy like JT behind you that you're checking out too. That's Marshall Falk to his Peyton Manning. Facts. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, we're going to pay him next year, and it's going to be – Yeah, but, Zach, you got to remember, look, you can't even – you shouldn't even consider trading JT while his value is at his lowest right now. Even if yeah, but you can get a shit – you can get a ton of picks and do it No, you're right. not. You right. get a ton do of third, right. fourth, fifth round picks for – That's where Ballard back hits, back though. That's yeah, where Ballard – You want the chance at high quality. You want to try and get the most value you can because if I'm going to trade a 22 year running back, a 22 year old running back, I want him at his best value. Get the most form you can. Look what Christian McCaffrey he just went for. Pretty much yeah. nothing. Yeah. So I want to try and get him at his most value if I do trade him. But then at, even at that, I still wouldn't trade him because he's still so young. I just see it as depending on the quarterback because if they don't take the top two, 
if they don't take Young or C.J. Stroud, it tells me it's a full-on long rebuild. And so then I question, do you keep a guy like Buckner? Do you keep a guy like J.T.? Or do you fire sell and get as many picks as possible well, and do it right out. that way? They're going to ask out if we go into a rebuild. I mean, that's, right. But yeah, that's why it. that's why I say that. If you're not getting the top two QBs, in my opinion, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, what are we doing? And then that's when I ask myself, why don't you trade a guy like JT? We don't have to worry about it then, and then we do the rebuild right. Build around the quarterback yeah, I mean, and the offense that fits him. There could be that exciting third option where we're going after uh, Anthony Richardson to look like the Eagles. I wouldn't be mad. I I certainly wouldn't be mad. They traded back, but I mean, I, I mean, it's a lot of scenarios that can go into it. But I honestly think, like, if we look at anything that we've heard from Ursay over the past couple of years, he wants to win now. And I think you got to get the best quarterback that gives you the best chance to win now. So, any quarterback outside of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young does not give you that option to win mm-hmm. now. So Max I think Dugan should, does. I think I think we can eliminate that one early. Who? And, Max. <laughs> My boy Max. Oh, and then uh, all then that man goes, does is win until he plays a team like Georgia, who's a juggernaut. That's you don't find a team like Georgia in the well, NFL. Well, that's the NFL part. defense. Like he played no, against no, no, the no, NFL no. defense. He played. He played against a juggernaut with a lackluster roster. You put that guy on an NFL roster facing an NFL defense; it's a different outcome. I don't know, man. That Georgia defense is special. That that whole Georgia team was special. Their quarterback was Van Wilder himself, who played quarterback for seven years in college football. So, yeah, yeah so that's that's just that's just me there. I, I just don't uh think um that that we should be anywhere near a rebuild, and if we are, we lose a lot of veterans. So, so Tyler here says, anyone willing to move off JT is Wallen. Uh, I don't know if that's how you spell that, but Wyland, a down year for a top three running back in the league can be expected, but he's going to come back angry. And that line with a little help coming out of the draft is going to go off. I've got JT taking the Russian crown next year. If the line fixes its shit. I hope that's the case, but I also look at it. He's a Titans fan. So I also look at it like the, the way of the way of the running back is kind of dead. You know, like Mandalorian says, this is the way. Hey, man, and I'm a, I'm a running back by nature. I need like, you to stop disrespecting us, okay? Like, I was hey, an offensive lineman, bro. Like, I opened holes. Value. I was a linebacker, so but I, that's why I had so valuable. much love with playing. I also view it as NFL GMs don't give two dams about running backs anymore. And Ballard has found running backs. That, I mean, Deion Jackson, that dude's undrafted. We found value in him. I mean, Naheem Hines, fourth-round pick, found value in him. Yeah, but he so, traded, and, and, and Deion Jackson basically got his snaps taken by a guy that we got off the off, off of a trade. True, but I'm just saying, like, you can find value anywhere in the draft. Yeah, but is that so, value going to give you the chance to take it the distance every time? We got to stop forgetting that. Every time a team gets to the Super Bowl, what do teams start saying? What do, what do people start saying? Can you run the ball? Can you run the ball? That's what, that's what every analyst – Every NFL person, every 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 writer, it always comes down to can this team run the ball? Can this sure. team run the ball? You can have a running identity, but you don't have to have a stud back to do it. Look yes, at San Francisco before they traded. Look at San Francisco before they traded for McCaffrey. They found not two in the sixth round. Last week you but, they used, but they used but they used Debo Samuel out of a slot. Like right. 
Or Kansas we're, we're City has Pacheco. That. He's a seventh round pick. There's no reason to invest heavy in a running back. He, and he ran for and he ran for 29 yards last week. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're talking about you're talking about all these teams that have running backs that aren't top running backs like JT. JT was a third round pick. Second, second round pick. Second. We traded up for him. That's right. Second round pick. He was a second round pick. He wasn't a first round pick, but we have him. It's not like we need to go chase a Pacheco, who is a seventh round pick, turns out to be a stud because of schematics. True. We don't need to go pursue yeah. a guy like Debo Samuel, who's working because of schematics. We I just don't have to, JT. We need to think, we need to fix things to get him in a playoff situation where it's right. not like, hey, can can he have value here? It's no, this guy can win us the fucking game. Yes. How He's many a home games run did JT win us? Well, the New England game I mean, for sure. Not um, even just a home run hitter. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. Right. So he, he was, did, he was he averaging five yards a carry this season, and he right. didn't get the ball enough. I don't question the production. I question the long-term production for a big-ass deal because I'm a believer in you don't pay running backs. Hey, hey, that's perfectly fine. He's 22 like I, years old. Like I said, Somebody like come I, offering first-round picks, then hey, yeah. let's do it. Facts. But if it's like just I, if it's just third, fifth, right. seventh, yep. no. I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything other than first rounds, first and second round picks. But like I said two weeks ago, and I remember saying this because I just listened to the show from two weeks ago. Zach doesn't like to pay anybody. That's fair. I don't. If I can get everybody on a rookie deal, I'm all for it. Running backs, linebackers. He don't running like running back to pay exclusive. Them. So far, that's the conversation. You don't need Zach, it. Zach you don't need to, to pay back. running back and linebackers. Zach you don't wants us to be the Jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, on I pay for corners. I pay receivers. I pay O linemen. I play quarterbacks. Everyone else, rookie deals. <laughs> uh, linebackers, so. linebackers are just as important as corners, <laughs> so they but, need to be paid dude, too. Philly don't pay no linebackers, and they got to the Super Bowl. I can't even name the highest paid linebacker on that squad. They don't pay linebackers. I mean, they haven't they haven't had any good linebackers, and that's about to be and that's about to be their problem tomorrow when Travis Kelsey is eating up. They pay DNs. If you you remember, if you remember in the beginning, I said Philly has the better secondary. They have the better front line. They have the better offensive line. The better running back, better wide receivers. I never said they had the better linebackers. No, right. But I'm just saying, linebackers are garbage. Right, but I'm saying like you can get to the Super Bowl consistently and have shit linebacker play and don't have to pay them. Yeah, but we don't Philly have the is my example. But we don't have the defensive line. We have the linebackers. Unfortunately, that's where we're, we fucked up. I mean, we have Buckner. We have Buckner and Grover Stewart. We have the interior defensive line part figured <laughs> right. out with a, right. with a with a good linebacking core. So, in my opinion, we have the defense to do it. Mm, I think we're a few defensive ends away, but we're close. We're close. I'll give you that. I think, I think, I think we could close. apply more pressure off the edge. Yes, I agree right. with that 100%. We're, we're close. We get a couple more edge rushers, we're close. But I just don't like paying linebackers because you don't need to. You can middle, pay your middle, front four or your middle back linebacker. Four. Middle linebacker has to be paid no matter what. But, well, That's okay, fair. It matters. It I'll pay on one. Who it, is. it depends we, on we, who it is. We paid We paid Shaq. That's fine. No way in hell I'm paying Bobby Okariki or Zaire. That's where I would that 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 to me he's not worth that money. They're not. I, worth actually, I actually came to the conclusion that I'm not paying Bobby anymore. Yeah, I, I kind of I'm kind of on that too. I'm okay I, with I, that. I figured I figured let him go find a deal that maybe he thinks is good or whatever, and see what the team offers him. And at that same time, we can just get ready for EJ. Here's 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 the thing too. Um, 
we've already offered future contracts. So the way that seems to me is that who did we offer to? Uh, I believe uh, Deion Jackson got offered a contract. Uh, it was a while ago. It was a few weeks ago that we did it. Um, no worry, Zach. It was like a four-year, 250K deal. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it Good. wasn't a huge contract, but Good. it was – it wasn't offered. So the way I see it, the way Zach, I see yes, it is, you heard what you heard you say we were going to pay him running back, man. <laughs> I'm about to get pissed. I'm about to be like, Ballard, paying, it's not the 80s anymore. The way I see it is, is some of these guys that we're talking about with contracts, they're going to be able to fish around in, their, in free agency before we even offer them anything. You know, Chris Ballard's cheap, so Chris Ballard is only going to match, and those dudes are going to walk whether we want them to stay or not. Again, if he literally only pays corner, a top safety, a solid eight man front on the defense. I don't so think you pay any safety. Oh, I do. Good safeties make all the difference in the world. No, mm. I'm no, I mean like like we have um uh what was our guy? Rodney McLeod, right? Right. That'd be the guy that could yeah, he, he's considering retiring, but it's like who outside of that, who are you really gonna pay? Julian Blackman hasn't been able to stay healthy. Right. You don't have to pay anybody. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Julian yeah. Blackman only had one injured year. Right. Yeah. He's been he's been like, solid in the lineup this year from health issues. But the, but that was it, just one season. You can't tell me that he has health issues when he had one health issue. One does not make it issues. He had yeah, one I health mean, issue. He came in on a knee injury though. And, and he, that came in, he came in. He came in, played earlier than was what was expected, and he dominated that season. And then he tore his Achilles. So, so Matt, are you telling me you're going to pay him though? We don't need to worry about that right now. He's yeah, on a we don't have to worry about it right now. He's on a rookie year. But that's what, I'm like, that's what I'm like. Outside of outside of outside of, uh, he still has two years. He still has two years to even be in that discussion. We got. That cross kid that they drafted that we were all in love with that didn't do shit on the season who could well, probably step in he probably step playing. in from a cloud. Who? Uh, Rodney, Nick Cross. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick Cross. Nick Cross. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't playing. What about what about Rodney Thomas? That dude was well. He's your starting for oh, no, safety. Rodney, yeah, yeah, he's, he's starting for safety. Yeah, he's he's playing. Yeah, he's, but you don't have to pay most, him. Most interceptions for a rookie in the Colts history since two thousand four. So I'm talking about guys that you're paying right now on front. Other than defensive end, and we've overinvested in linebacker, you don't have to pay anybody. And I think we didn't overinvest in, over in linebacker, though. Yeah, Zaire Franklin, I wouldn't have re-signed him, but they re-signed him for he's on like a million. three. He's like on a three-year, like $8 Bro, million dollar deal. If it's not a rookie deal, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that basically is a rookie deal. Like, <laughs> like if it if it's not like a rookie deal, like four years, nine million, two hundred million guaranteed, get the fuck that's out. That's basically what Zach. he has. That's Zach. basically what Franklin is on. Hold on, Zach. You don't realize that that three year, eight million dollar deal is a rookie third round pick. That yeah, that's a basic. Is that what it is? Eighteen million. Eighteen million. Eighteen. No, no it's something. Sm it's small. I'm telling. I think he small. makes like. I think he makes like six million a it's year. A three year, like eight million dollar. If it's three years, eight million, that's fine. I thought it was eighteen million. That's why I said you overpaid for Zaire Franklin. Even even a three year, even a three year, yeah, eighteen like, million dollars. Like deal six million. It's like six million a year. It's something small. And if you think about Fair what enough. he just did, 
breaking the all-time tackle record in Colts history? Like, how can we sit here and say that he didn't put up the production? You said you want production. He's he did. Out. He did. Yeah. And if that's so the case, you're getting him for cheap. You're getting him for exactly. cheap. So we can't be upset right. about paying the linebacker. That's why I said, you know, we let Bobby go find his deal, and then we let EJ I am because you're on your rookie deal that you love. Let him play. Right. I am because we invested so heavily in in Shaq, and I feel like his loss this year because how well Zaire played wasn't felt. But in typical years, in my opinion, like had Shaq stayed healthy, to me, there's there's no reason to pay a guy like Zaire that kind of money. Yeah, but see, that's hindsight. Right. I'm operating in hindsight. I'm operating literally in a perfect world that doesn't exist. So if, you think, uh, if you think about all the turnovers we had last year, and Darius Leonard literally accounted for a third of them. Yeah, there's no way we can sit here and say that he didn't deserve that money. So it's like, right? That's why I said we paid. We paid Darius. He's worth every penny. I'll never say we shouldn't have paid him. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But uh, but um, yeah. I, I just think debate. I just think there's finally, a, finally, we got into the debate. I just, I, I just think there's just a little bit of different ways that we can kind of move some some money around. Like I said, we're still like 13th in cap space. Do you restructure? All right, here you go. Do you restructure Butner Buckner's deal because no. he's a free agent not this season but next year? So do you no. essentially add a couple more years, give him more guaranteed money, take no, take a little bit be, away? To he's going to be 29 at that point, and I don't know if his play is necessarily going up. I don't. I think uh, Grover Stewart just started to sin, so I'd give Buckner a little bit smaller deal next year after he plays out the contract. This is a good question from Trad. Chad, who is going to be the surprise cut of the offseason? In my this opinion, uh, I don't think that's going to be a surprise. I think it's too early to tell who's going to be a surprise cut. Oh, oh, cut. You mean, okay. Yeah, yeah because the cut's going to come in about July. Kenny Moore. That'd be like JoJo Dolman and stuff like that. Ooh. Ooh, Kenny Moore going to get cut. I highly doubt it. I don't I see him being – I don't see him being on the Colts, man. I really don't. I'd be stunned. I know he's under contract, but Ballard hates that shit. That shit he pulled last year, Ballard hates it. And then the way he played this year would not surprise me to see if Ballard says, thanks, there's the door. I doubt it. He's had a whole year to basically get healthy. Does he want to be there, though? That's the thing. Does he want to come back? Because in his end of the year press conference. I think our surprise cut could be Mo Ali Cox. That's a good one, wouldn't That's shock me there either. Because if I, I don't think we can trade him and get enough value for him. Ryan Kelly, here's another one. So, yeah. Braden Smith. No, I don't, don't want to cut Braden. That's uh, yeah, dead money. It's not, it's not what we want. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I, yeah. I guess that that would be a surprise cut to me then. Because personally, I I don't think you can cut that guy. I think uh, he just needs to play better. And if we were to That's, cut him. If we were to cut him, I'd be, I'd be pretty shocked. I'd be less shocked if we cut Ryan Kelly. Facts, facts, facts. Y'all think we actually? Um, do you think Matt Ryan, depending on who the coach is, comes back seriously, or do you think he wants to be cut? Like, because well, he, he says to, he, needs to he says he'll make his decision based on who they name as head coach. 
I'm tired. He's technically still under contract. So do you think he actually legit, legitly says, hey, I want to stay, pay me? Or do you think the Colts will just say, fuck it, either way, you're, here's your $17 million, get fucked? I think I think he needs to just shut the hell up and retire. I'm sorry. Fair I just I I don't see how like I can understand if you're just talking to the TV or whatever, and it's just like yeah I think I can still play or whatever. But it's like bro, if you way, watch yourself on film, I mean, the, you can feel good. But I the way the way I see it is is Matt Ryan sitting at home, um, he's sitting at home with his wife, and he's like. Asking her, do you think I can still play? And she's like, Oh, I think you still got it. I still think you got it. And she now really he's, wants him to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> she's telling him what he wants to hear instead of what she really wants. And this guy is if you if if he looks at the tape, he needs to realize, like, dude, I ain't got it no more. I put I put all power into my throw and that thing only went 20 yards. That thing, <laughs> man, this is it's done for me. I'm done. Almost, I had to rip my shoulder off to throw that that, that over the shoulder throw to Alec Pierce for the win against Jacksonville. I think I need to give it up. That's what I'm saying. I th- I think I think Matt's gonna get cut. I don't think he's a surprise cut though. I think he's a cut. Uh, um, and I think we're gonna we're just gonna eat that dead cap. I think this that's year. not non surprise cap casualty. Yeah, uh, and and then I think yeah I agree with Chad over there. I think Sam is definitely going to be a uh, he's going to be the backup. Yeah. Sam, I'm fine um, with Sam being the backup. I was just facts. curious, do you, do you think that the Colts because they they hate that you know dead money thing? Do you think they bring him back and say, hey, no. you're QB two? Or- no, because because as much as we hate Jim Irsay, I think Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard both together are smart enough to figure out how to get rid of that dead cap. Yeah, allocated to other years. Yeah, I th- I think I think the, the one thing Chris Ballard's always been good at is how to shift the finances to where it doesn't hurt him right now. It'll hurt later, but it won't hurt as much as if it would if we took it all right now. And I th- I think that's one thing we can give Chris Ballard credit for. He's also fleeced a lot of teams out of some deals to take on some cap that has saved us. Uh, facts. I mean, I mean. Uh, look at look at what happened with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was going to be a cap hit too. And Washington's thinking about cutting him right now. Yeah, and they they took him. And and, and you know what? We we're all upset because instead of getting a second round pick, we got a third round pick. But we 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 fleeced them for some cap, and he didn't even play over half the season. So. Nope. Oh, remember Matt? That was supposed to be a a, a win for Washington for us in that deal. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Stop it. Let's not bring him up, man, because I feel bad for that dude. That dude got straight I do. up. I meant to message him, but yeah. I did. Hard. I did message him. He didn't even read it. He won't He will, He won't. won't even read it. That's, <laughs> how, that's, that's how messed up that Kate messed him up, man. <clears throat> yeah, that was what? Uh, yeah. It, uh, it, it was uh, some drama with, with some, some other group. Yeah, private conversation. But uh, Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just thought that was funny because uh, that was supposed to be a L for us, but that went another way. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think I think we can get it pretty figured out. I think Matt Ryan definitely needs to retire. Um, possibly trade Mo, or see where we go from there, and then um, and then see what way, which way we go with uh, Braden Smith and Ryan Kelly. I don't think Braden Smith gets cut. He's fresh off that new deal. Not at all. Yeah, I think Ryan we need Mer- to. I think we need to 
you know, put a boot to him. Ryan Kelly definitely now, could get cut. Now here's the thought: What if we move Braden Braden Smith back to right guard and we draft wouldn't be mad right at tackle? It. Wouldn't be mad at it at all. So I, 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 I wouldn't be mad either, but that would then put a really, really, really high emphasis on right tackle, and we would have to trade back into the first round and and find us a right tackle for a rookie quarterback. I don't think so. A lot of I, I, I don't hold on. I think I think right tackle is important. I got it, but right tackle is not impor- as important as the left tackle. It's not a blindside situation. You can find one in the draft in later rounds. Or you yeah, can you're, sign, you're really good. You can sign a crusty ass vet like Gosner Trillius, no, essentially. No, and play him at right exactly tackle. Why, that's exactly why I don't like it because it was like the, the games where Braden Smith did play bad. Right tackle has come close to as important as left but tackle. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It depends on it depends <sighs> on who you, you have at quarterback. If you have a right tackle who has a bad game and you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan who has to step up into the pocket to make his throws. Yeah, it's going to be shitty. But if you have a quarterback who's young and mobile, it can get out of that situation. It's not going to be as bad until that right tackle develops. I mean, that's a good point, but I'd still, I'd put emphasis on right tackle. Maybe not trade up then, but I'd put some major emphasis on getting a veteran. One way or another, I'd want that right tackle solidified. For a rookie, I just want him as beat up as least as possible in his rookie season. That's, that's fair. Me. That's yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> well, hopefully the Colts go sign Chris Reed, play him a right guard. <laughs> oh, I miss that man. Or me too, Glow. man. And I hated Glow. I don't know if y'all remember. I could. I mean, hey, hey. Hopefully he hurt, he hated Kirk Cousins enough to want to get out of there. <laughs> Did he what sign a multi year deal with Minnesota? No, no. What was it? Him or was or did he go to New York? Glowinski went to New York. Chris okay, Reed yeah. went to Minnesota. Yeah, I, I want to say he was a one-year deal. I think I'm not sure. Chris Glowinski signed like a two-year deal in New York. He's there forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glowinski. I want to say Chris Reed was a one-year deal. Yeah, I think it was one year, four million or something like that. I would. That's why I, I was so pissed about. That's why I was so pissed about us giving Nick Foles that money. I would definitely take Chris Reed back in a heartbeat. There's a fucker who's going to get cut. Nick Foles. Oh, yeah, that dude's gone. That dude's gone. That's already off the cap. He he should have started playing when he was under Frank Reich. Frank Reich knew how to use him. <laughs> Fuck. He should have never even came to Indy. Bro, that dude looked worse than Matt Ryan. That was terrible. Dude almost died. Oh, Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a couple guys that we got to hope retire, man. But uh, do we do we have another segment was was um because nope. our nope. needs our needs were all pretty close, huh? So, yep. So this was the needs of the night. So next week, uh, we will start our war room. I'm going to the war room for y'all. We're gonna get it going. Hey, so next week we need to make it interesting. All right, let's not all do not trading. Oh no 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 no! Hold on hold on! Come on! Come on! Settle down now. We not, we not trade it's going to be it's going to be a war room. So I'm hoping that everybody's going to be there, right? I'm hoping we have everybody including Rob. So we may have six heads in here. Um everything's on the table. I'm talking drafts. Uh, or I'm talking trades, everything. Um I think first round, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um I'll figure out how to use PFF mock 
uh, the draft mock simulator for more than one week. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it. Um, I may have to do the first round next week and then do the first round again the week after, you know, the next segment. I think, that you, we can, do. Um, I think you can choose rounds. Yeah, I can. So we'll just do the first. We're going to do day one yeah. next week. We're going to follow how the draft normally runs. So first we'll do round. day one. Yep. Then and day two one. is second and third round. Yep. And then four, and then five. And day three is four, five, six, seven. If we draft yep. for 11 on day one, I'm walking out of the world. I mean, it depends on what the six of us want, right? Or are we all individually going to go through and say, yo, hey, this is who I want? Well, well, so oh, we're going to argue. Uh, the, the, gonna first, the, first, the first round is, is pretty much just going to be a collective decision. I think we kind of rotate from there would be a, a good one. And just kind of give our input before the pick goes in. Yeah. <clears throat> That's exactly how it's going to go. But I want it to be interesting. I want it to be debating. I want it to be fun. I want it to be like an actual war room. So we're gonna we're gonna definitely have some fun with this. I love this guy, Matt. We gotta trade up for him. Uh, yeah, things like that. Things like that. It's this gonna, guy should have went day fun. one. Let's take him now. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. I'm gonna try and have a cool intro set up for that. So we'll we'll get that all fun. But just make it look like draft day because I have a super realistic movie. So you know, if we do it like draft day, we'll, we'll be good to go. I'll we need to call up the Seahawks and do a trade and fuck them later on. Somebody needs to dress like Kevin Costner. See some draft info I can get or something. Yeah, I'm going to draft like Jim Irsay. I'm going to come drunk as shit and look here, brother. I'm telling you guys <laughs> that it's we this, this guy right here. Are you sure he's drunk and not on pills? Because <laughs> He's going to be our guy. Listen to me. Are you ready to come to Indy and win some Super Bowls, hypothetically? Because I ain't winning <laughs> shit in real life. <laughs> but all right, everybody. We appreciate y'all coming out. Make sure to come out next week so that we can uh, have y'all's input on this draft room. Uh, it's going to be real fun. It's going to be a blast. Uh, next week will be day one um, of the draft. And then the week after that, we're not going to continue the segment. What we're going to do is we're going to do a blast from the past. So make sure everybody comes in with their – their favorite Colts historic moments. Um, most of us probably have the Marlon Jackson interception, but we'll talk about a lot of favorite Colts moments in history. So um, make sure to do that. And then the next week after that, we're going to go ahead and hit back up into that segment. Uh, at that same time, uh, we're going to hit day two, but we're also going to hit the combine. The combine is early this year. If people don't realize, I believe it starts on the second and it goes through the fifth. So, uh, be prepared to talk about some good players. It's going to be fun, guys. All of it's going to be please, fun. Please, all of my YouTube people, like, subscribe, follow the page on YouTube. We appreciate you. If you're on Facebook, make sure you like, follow, share. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Share our Instagram. Share our Twitter. Follow our Twitter. All of that. If you have Spotify, follow us on there. Uh, and same thing as Apple Music. If you don't use Spotify, but you use Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, we are on Apple Podcasts. So go ahead and follow us there. Also, um, it's good times, man. Make sure you get all your friends out here. Chad, you're always in here. Dan, you're always in here. Everybody's always in here. Make sure you bring some more people. Let's all have some fun, guys. Appreciate y'all. And as always, it's go Colts. But tomorrow, go Eagles. Go Chiefs.
Go birds. Filthy Philly, baby. It's a Philly thing. He is gonna He is gonna drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec, Alec Pierce. Pierce. He's got it! Touchdown! Touchdown! 